All right, how we doing, everybody? I'm your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Season three of the Red Talk podcast is here. Another season of football is upon us, and we are so excited to unveil a few new sponsors here at Red Talk. The first being BetMGM Sportsbook, a world-class sports betting platform accessible online via the website or through the mobile app app bet mgm sportsbook available in the apple app store sign up with bet mgm today using promo code play 1000 no spaces play 1000 for a risk-free bet up to $1000 the app works seamlessly they have everything you could ever imagine on there player props this guy to hit a home run this guy to get a hit baseball basketball soccer tennis Futures bets, everything you can imagine, Bet MGM Sportsbook, available on the Apple App Store. Also, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the newest and most innovative DFS app out there. Underdog lets you parlay multiple matchups like total yards, total bases, total points with specific players to turn a few dollars into hundreds of dollars. Use promo code UDPROMO22. For a free $100 bonus when you start playing, that's UD Promo 22. Sign up now and turn game day into payday. And I wouldn't be me if I forgot O'Shea's Irish Pub. O'Shea's Irish Pub, three locations all around the Louisville area, Southern Indiana and Jeffersonville, 123 Main Street downtown, 956 Baxter Avenue near Bartstown Road. The best service, the best bar, the best vibes in the entire city. O'Shea's Irish Pub doing better than ever open late. Come see us. All right, let's get it going. Red Talk, we are back. AB Austin Bickett is here. I'm your host, Will Reddington, and we are back for another week of football season. And it was a fun one. We got to spend Friday night in the oven watching a very, very intense Louisville-Florida State matchup that could have gone either way. It unfortunately did not go the way of the cards. Saturday, college football all day. Sunday, NFL all day. A lot of quality time with your friends and that is really what it's about. How's it going? It's going all right. Um, obviously, we didn't get to L1C4 as hard as I thought we were going to. That seemed like a month ago. I can't believe that was on Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was it was pretty good weekend of football, you know, as usual. Um, me and you did really good in college and really bad in the NFL, but I actually made some money in the NFL, IRL. So, you know, completely different guy on Sunday as I am on Wednesday slash Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of changes. Excuses, on, but on Monday, though, I was listening to podcasts and stuff and diving in, getting smarter, trying to become a better version of myself for this show. And I was like, oh, my God, the Eagles are going to kill the Vikings. It, it's yeah, going it to be seemed, slaughtered. Uh, pretty obvious as soon as the game kicked off. 
And didn't take into account Kirk Cousins being 2 and now 10 on Monday Night Football. Um, I guess that guy goes to bed at 6 o'clock every night because he looks like a ghost of himself every time. Eagles look really good, though. Um, They're getting a lot of buzz as best team in the NFC. Probably still a little early to say that, but, I mean, the Bucs haven't looked great. The Packers had that week one thing, and you can't really judge what they did to the Bears because it was the Bears. But, yeah, the Eagles are really good. I still think the Vikings are going to be a good team, but uh looks like they're not ready to be in that class yet. No, definitely not. And the Vikings, what was frustrating for them is, like, they're getting it down there. You know, they're, they're moving the ball just a little bit, and then he throws just an atrocious two picks to Darius Slay. James Harden ends up with the ball one time. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on there in Philadelphia. Darius but, Slay yeah, should have uh, had, like, four interceptions. I mean, he dropped, yeah, like, two. If he drops. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jalen Hurts, the year-to-year leap, it, it's just been crazy. He They utilize him running in like a, a safe way. I, I don't know what it is. It's it's like Lamar, where if you watch Lamar and you've been watching him for years, you really don't feel like he's going to get hurt, knock on wood. But the same thing for Hurts. I mean, he's a giant dude. It looks like every defensive back trying to tackle him has no chance. That one play, he got tackled on like the six and still ended up scoring the touchdown. But their receivers are awesome. They have a stable of solid running backs, Gainwell, Sanders, and Scott. So yeah, the Eagles are a, a formidable opponent. Very impressed with what they're rolling out there. I think they're a six and a half point favorite uh, against the Washington football commanders this week. So that's always fun. But it it was an exciting week. Uh, A a lot happened. We, as a group, you know, we're trying to do our best to give out some winners on this podcast. And Saturday, our our vibes were pretty high after a 4-1 from me and a 3-2 from you. We're texting each other 7-3. Hey, we're back. We're feeling good. The vibes are through the roof. And then we're at, oh, Dolly's watching some football on Sunday. And you lean over to me and said, there's a real chance that we're going 0-10 here. I was like, oh, what? What? I don't even – I don't remember what we did, but we're really going to go 0-10. And uh, we didn't, thanks to the Bills, first <laughs> half, minus six. I should have given out the Bills in every way possible. Yeah, like your Bills five minus picks. 10. Bills yeah, first quarter, Bills, Bills minus quarter. six. <laughs> Bills team total over. Yeah. Just all, all Bills. That would have been hilarious, and it would have worked. That's on me. I will try to do better about that when you see a game that's just lit up with a team that has no business being on the field and an absolute powerhouse in the Buffalo Bills. But, yeah, uh, NFL could have been better. Yeah, I mean, we did, we did go 1-9. Uh, I'll own that. Jesus. I don't think, you know, on the yearly, I'm 11-13. and 13, You're 8-15. and 15. We're both getting, I am officially below 500, but you actually improved a little bit. Oh, no, you went 500. But, uh, yeah. I, I, oh, did I? Re- yeah. Did, I really damn. don't think that I. You know what? I should be 9-15 and 15 because I gave out that three-team 10-point teaser that hit so Easily, Oklahoma Rams Bills never had to think about it. Don't had to if you listen to this at home. Don't think about the, the Rams. Just needed yeah. that pressure-packed football. They did that on purpose, um, and you know they they wanted to bust up those teasers. They tell you not to take teasers. The Rams don't like teasers, so uh, they busted it up with the. Uh, purposeful safety that you don't see a whole lot. Uh, that was called by John Wolford, the uh, Wake Forest backup quarterback the Rams had. He called that play. He's got a lot of power in L.A. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Now we know that. But, uh, yeah. I don't I, – I, I'm looking at him right now. I don't think our picks were very bad. We both had the Saints. That game was 3-3 in the fourth quarter. Could have went either way. Uh, questionable calls go the Bucks way. And then Jameis goes full Jameis mode. But, you know, we were right there on that one. Um I had the Ravens minus three. They were up 28 points. What do you want me to do? Uh, Steelers yeah. plus two and a half. Another one of those games where it could have gone either way. Gunnar Olszewski muffs the punt. 
Panthers Secret plus two agent. and a half. Yeah. That was back and forth. And then we both had the Vikings. That was just a bad call. But they, we were we were right there. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like all oh, our teams got blown out and just couldn't get a bounce or a twenty one yeah, point it's looking, lead. It's looking like the uh, formula of me taking Bengals Rams every single week may not work this year. Uh, <laughs> year and and I'm gonna say you know I there's a world where they don't play in the Super Bowl this year. There's a world. Uh, There's definitely a world. I'm starting to realize that there is a world. When I watch the Bills offense every play on Monday night, sitting there locked into it, and then I remember that I watched every play the Bengals offense ran on Sunday against the Cowboys, there are some clear differences. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there has been like probably that 2018 Chiefs or the Patriots of old with Randy Moss, but I can't remember a more dominant 2-0 and start in the NFL than the Bills have put together. And the fact that they were Super Bowl favorites and like all this hype coming in and they've lived up to it through two weeks. Uh, they have the Dolphins this week. Dolphins are getting some hype now. I mean, if they kill them too, it's I don't, it, it's on. <laughs> like The spreads are going to start getting crazy. And I said the exact same thing on Tuesday. Like, hey, this is the best 2-0 and start I've ever seen. The most yeah. dominant. I mean, I'm recently biased, of course. 30. And it's not like they played the the Jets or something like that. They played the Super Bowl champion, and then they played the number one seed in the AFC from last year. Neither of us think the Titans are very good, but still to beat them in that way. Yeah, and especially in prime time when the Titans like really needed a win. Um, also, against the Rams, I mean, they, they didn't play good. They turned the ball over like four times. They still won by 21. Yeah. Um, Could have been infinitely more. So the, the Bills' next five are at Dolphins, at Ravens, Steelers at home, good defense still, at Chiefs, and then versus the Packers. If they can get through that undefeated, I mean, I don't know if they're losing. That, that game in Arrowhead against the Chiefs is going to be absolutely nuts. But if they if they keep it rolling and they beat the Dolphins like that, it's going to become a little bit like watching Batman. It's not if Batman wins, he's going to win, it's how he wins. And that's why you're watching it. it it's absurd what they're doing. And the Allen Diggs thing, uh, I even without you could tell the no Gabriel Davis thing was was a problem in the first quarter because they're they're rolling out a lot of different faces Jamin Jamison Crowder I'm meeting guys for the first time that they're putting at wide receiver and uh, obviously Isaiah McKenzie not very involved on Monday night but th- this digs thing where you just know where the ball's going and they can't do anything to stop it it is a little Randy Moss ish yeah, that would be my biggest concern with the Bills, if you can point to anything right now, is I don't know how, how deep they are. Like, obviously, they're the best team right now if they're all healthy, and you can say injuries can ruin anybody's season, but they don't go very deep at uh, wide receiver. No, they don't, but, I mean, Gabriel Davis is a clear number two yeah. in the NFL. We saw the four touchdowns in the AFC Championship, and he wasn't with the team this week, but it, he is – should be back this this upcoming week in Miami. So yeah, the, the Bills look great. Um, we're, we're about to dive into the picks locally. What do we got going on this weekend? So the Cards are a fourteen and a half point favorite against the South Florida Bulls. Uh, South Florida lost seventy to nothing week one against BYU. There were four weather delays uh, at South Florida as a home game. They lost seventy nothing. So okay, are they the worst team in the country? And then I wish I could give this guy credit, but somebody for the Action Network, I believe, wrote this article on how South Florida was getting their best offensive and defensive player back before this Florida matchup, and that was his pick of the week. South Florida getting around 24 from Florida. South Florida almost won that game. They snapped it over his head. It giveth and it taketh away, and they missed a field goal to send it to overtime. 31-28 final in Gainesville. 
UK won at Florida. Okay, really big win. How good is Florida? We're going to find out this week at Tennessee, I think. But South Florida getting 14 and a half in, at Louisville. It feels like a lot. The cards almost beat Florida State. Fumbling in your opponent's red zone is just not the move when you are not very good, not good enough to overcome those mistakes. I'd be interested to see. It's going to be a noon kick at the oven in the Ville and I, I can't imagine there's going to be more than 8,000 people there. I mean, it, it's it's going to be light. Are you going to be one of those 8,000? You better believe I'm going to be one of those 8,000 in the oven because on the first third down, when they played load up the Drake, it was, it was such a moment. We haven't had the same third down song year to year, I don't think, in my entire life, and it was a great move to run it back. Were we very good on third down defensively last year? I can't imagine so. But, Lord, that moment where we do, in fact, load up the Drake and Florida State immediately converted. But it was still an unbelievable moment. So I, of course, will be there. I really like your dedication. It's going to be sunny and 75 on Saturday. Can't ask for better Ooh. for better weather. So uh, I, I will not be attending any more games in the oven this year. I, I threw on my red shirt. I threw my L's up for the first time in my life, and I just went home a loser so <laughs> we'll not be doing that anymore this year but uh you know i'll be i'll be cheering for you unless i take the 14 and a half points and you can, yeah i um which you i probably think will a lot of <laughs> i think a lot of people will be taking south florida actually i mean looking at what louisville's put out there and south florida i mean that was a game where everybody's oh florida's about to lose i'm, I'm gonna throw it on tv so uh, I don't. It feels like a lot. I, I guessed nine and a half, and it did open up at twelve and a half. It's been bumped up to fourteen and a half. So maybe the public's all over Louisville, but I I don't understand why exactly that would be. Uh, probably from the the seventy zero game, and Florida looked pretty bad against Kentucky as well. Uh, I, I don't really know. You know, Florida could have came out with that effort after after you beat Utah and then lose to the Cats. You probably don't come up. You probably don't have a very good week of practice the following week, and they have it scheduled slammed in between um, game day in Tennessee at Tennessee this yeah. week too. So, I'm sure it was just a, a look ahead spot from uh, Florida. Also, you know the Cats might have exposed Richardson a little bit. He can't throw the ball, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't think that uh, I don't think South Florida is better than Florida. Don't uh, maybe those two guys they got back are a seventy point difference. Maybe they are. Maybe they're worth 70. I don't know. I'll find out in person on Saturday. Can't wait. I'll be there at 10 a.m. ready to go. Um, let's see what else we got. Cats uh, hosting Northern Illinois. Yeah. 25.5 point favorite in Lexus weekend. Northern Illinois was a 2.5 point favorite against Vanderbilt. Favored against an SEC team last week. Vanderbilt wins, cashes their team total <laughs> over for wins in week three. What a story from the Commodores. So, yeah, they, the Cats 25 and a half. That seems like a lot against a team that was just favored over Vanderbilt. I know it's Vanderbilt, but that's uh, it's quite a swing. But I guess when UK plays Vandy, that's what we're going to see. 21 and a half plus. Yeah, I gave out Vandy last week versus Northern Illinois because they supposed to be SEC, and I checked the score, and it was like twenty-one to seven, Northern Illinois at one point. I was like, "Oh well, that that's a loss." Check the score, maybe thirty minutes later, Vandy's up fourteen. So they really flipped the switch. I think this Vanderbilt team—I'm not going to say good. I think they're frisky-ish, frisky adjacent. They're definitely better than they have been in uh, the following in the past few years. They did cash their team total over already. That's a, probably good news because their next three are at Alabama versus Ole Miss and at Georgia. <laughs> I can't imagine they lose any of those games by less than 30. But, yeah, I mean, this Northern Illinois team was projected to win the MAC West before the season started. They slipped up against Tulsa on 
in week two, and then they lost to Vandy last week. Don't think the Cats will have any issues, but they always play down to their competition, no matter who they are playing. Um, came out very slow against Youngstown State before hanging 21 in the second quarter. But yeah, I'm I'm just ready for these. I'm just ready to get an SEC play. I hate this time of year. We're almost there. I think you have one more pointless week, and then you get to start yeah, playing but cool it's games, not, right? Well, you got Ole Miss next week. Yeah, it's they they screwed that up so bad. Noon makes yeah. no. It's going to be the best game of the week, like easily. It's going to be Ole Miss or Kentucky is not going to lose this week. It's going to be two top fifteen teams SEC game. Like I I don't know how you messed that up that bad. Very. Very heartbreaking news for me because I will be traveling to Indianapolis during that time frame. Probably gonna have to watch it on my phone in the car. Cannot believe that. Yeah, it's tough, up. man. I thought the same thing when they put Louisville South Florida at twelve. It's yeah. like, when are you gonna <laughs> give us some respect? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I was expecting. I was nervous that we weren't gonna get the seven thirty because we might get the three thirty game of the week, and then they just throw it at noon. Probably on ESPN. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> I mean. As a Kentucky fan, it probably does give us the best chance to win the game, which is cool. But as just a fan in general, it it sucks. If I didn't have to go to Indy, I wouldn't care as much. But, I mean, come on. It's like our yeah. biggest game of the year, not Georgia. And we're not going to beat Georgia. Probably not, but you, you never know. We, uh, it's our biggest game of the year that we have a chance to win. Yeah, Cats 31 nothing last week against Youngstown State. Uh, 30 and a half, 31 point favorite right around there. They nailed that. Uh, pitched a shutout defensively. Always impressive no matter who you play. But yeah, uh, Cats and Cards back in action this weekend. I'd say if you parlayed both money lines, you're probably getting like minus 300 odds. I, that, I, probably higher than I that. Think, I think these two teams from the Bluegrass are, are thinking about winning. We'll see. Um, now, let's jump into these picks. Five college, five NFL um, you know, I, I feel a little better this week. I, yeah, I we did really good in college. We should have some, a little confidence. Yeah, so we're in the college part. Let's have a little confidence. Uh, I'll get us started. USC minus six Ooh, against Oregon the State. Beavers. My only college loss this past week was going against USC with Fresno State. I feel like my reasoning behind that was pretty good. I watched every snap. USC is a juggernaut. I expect them to be in the playoff. Under a touchdown against a Pac-12 team that will be around the 7-5, and 6-6 six and six range that we usually see a lot of those middle-of-the-pack, bottom-tier Pac-12 teams end up. I think this is the last time we see that this year. Caleb Williams, a quarterback, the dude is unbelievable. He can run, he can pass, and it's extremely it's an extremely dynamic offense, and they can get stops on third down defensively. Love USC, minus six here. Would expect it to be around seven at kickoff. Uh, yeah, that's uh, as simple as that. That's what we're going with first. USC is probably my favorite team to watch right now, to be honest. Um, in college football, they're just – I mean, wherever Lincoln Riley goes, it's going to be that way. They're going to be able to score. They're not going to play great defense, but they can make some timely stops. Um, I thought game day might be there. I don't – I guess I guess we needed South Florida to beat Florida. I thought the game day should have been there, or Duke-Kansas would have been really cool, or yeah. Clemson-Wake Forest would have been cool. But, you know, the SEC bias, but – yeah, I, I I mean I'm I'm scared of this game to be honest. Oregon State scores it. They're at home. This is their biggest game of the year for them. They are also three and zero. They are putting up a ton of points. Put up sixty eight last week. Total on this game is seventy. I kind of like that, even though it's ridiculously high. Uh, I'm gonna stay away from the side, but USC is definitely better. They have the USC is, in my opinion, I don't know if they're gonna beat Utah, but it's gonna. They have the the best chance to come out of the Pac-12 as a playoff team. Yeah, that USC Utah game. I think that, it's in like two weeks. 
I think it's not next weekend, but the weekend after. So that'll be that'll be really fun. Utah has looked incredible since that opening week loss to Florida that I still think they should have won. But yeah, I don't hate that pick. USC is definitely the better team, but Oregon State's frisky and they score a lot. But USC does as well. So where are you going first? My first pick um, is going to be. My first pick is going to be a teaser. I usually don't do college teasers on here, but I'm doing this just because I want to give out the Kansas Jayhawks minus one and a half because this Kansas team is so fun to watch, and I know that not many people have probably watched them, but they score. Their quarterback is very good. I think he has like the third highest QBR in the country right now. They put 55 up on West Virginia, 48 up on Houston, 56 on Tennessee Tech. They are averaging the most points in college football. Defense, not great, but not terrible. Duke also 3-0. This looks like a college basketball game. Um, I was really hoping game day would be here. Bears said they might go, and then they didn't. So uh, Duke pretty good too, but this Kansas team is electric. This is The fans are going to be up for this game more than they have been. And Kansas hasn't been to a bowl since 2007. They haven't won four games since 2009. Already 3-0 going for that fourth win. I, I don't think there's any way Kansas loses that game. So I'm going to Kansas minus one and a half as the first leg, and then I'm yet again fading Texas A&M with Arkansas plus seven and a half. I think Arkansas is really good. I think they're the best team in the SEC West, not named Alabama. Um, they didn't look great against Missouri State, Bobby Petrino revenge game, but they figured it out. I just don't think A&M can score enough to beat them by more than a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I have Arkansas as a leg of a teaser in my next pick. Uh, Kansas over. NCAA best 17-6-1 in games since 2020. They can score it, and they know yeah, how that, to let the other teams score Those have it. usually been their defense giving up 50, though. This year, they are averaging the most points in college football. Yeah, which is absolutely insane. It would have been cool for a little blue blood basketball college game day. Yeah. I guess I, they don't think that's cool with Kansas, neither of the teams. Kansas should be ranked as well. I don't think Duke should be. They haven't beat anybody. But, I mean, Kansas beat West Virginia. Not it was not deal, great. Not but, and Houston. Houston was ranked last week. They won okay, at yeah, Houston by right. 18. Forgot about the Houston thing. They were getting eight and a half points. That is a very impressive win. We'll we'll see if they could turn that football stadium into football Allen Fieldhouse. Hard uh, to believe. We'll see if that fan base can get up for it. Uh, my Arkansas teaser plus seven and a half. I'm going to attach that to Clemson. Minus oh, one wow. at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a super popular pick this week, and I'm not really sure why. They beat Liberty at home by one point this past weekend. Liberty went for two with about a minute left. They did not get it. Wake Forest sealed the game. Liberty, Malik Willis, right? Everybody remember, he plays for the Titans now. We uh, saw him on TV. They threw him to the Sharks at the very end of the game. I can't imagine that Liberty is that good. Clemson slept on longest active winning streak in the nation with nine wins. I think it continues here. I do think that Clemson is down this season compared to what we saw three to four to five years ago, but I think they find a way to beat Hartman and Wake Forest in what will be a raucous environment with Clemson coming to town. Both these teams are ranked, but uh, yeah, Clemson to win the game and like all the stuff you said about Texas A&M, retweet, quote, like, uh, they they beat Miami. We were on the wrong side of that. Uh, it, they, they didn't impress me at all. They should have lost that game 10 different times. They have LSU. still look terrible on offense. It, and that's... Uh, Brad Johnson's son. He's an LSU yeah. transfer. They still didn't start that that freshman gunslinger they supposedly had. I I spent enough time with uh, Mr. Johnson at LSU to tell you that he is not 
very good. Arkansas, the Missouri State thing was weird, right? I mean, Bobby was in town, but they, they found a way to pull away late. Uh, I just don't think Texas A&M can beat anybody by that much. So the value in terms of getting the seven and a half is uh, is legitimate. So I, I Arkansas, think, I think Arkansas is just better, too. I think Arkansas is yeah, sh- should win the ball game. Yeah. All right, my next pick is um, going to be in Piscataway, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights plus seven and a half against the two and one offensive juggernaut Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, the total on this game is now 34. It's the lowest college football total in over 15 years. You could 10 point tease it down to 24, and I still don't know if you get there. For that reason, uh, I think Rutgers hangs within a touchdown because I don't think Iowa can score that many points. They did put up 27 on Nevada, who is one of the worst teams in the country. Other than that, they have put up 14 points total in two weeks against somewhat decent teams. Um, this Rutgers team loves to run the ball. They can't really throw it. They are 3-0 and with wins over Boston College, Temple, and Wagner. Nothing impressive there. But, you know, they, they find a way to win games. They don't even have to win this one. They just have to be within seven. I don't expect them to be able to move the ball very easily on the Iowa defense, which is still very good. But I don't expect Iowa to be able to move the ball on anybody. So I'll take a touchdown and a hook. Okay. I like it. I guess uh, it's going to yeah, be a total game, being, but it's going to be yeah. I'm, it's going to be close. Uh, uh, I'm not. I don't want to touch this because I don't want to care about what's going yeah, on in Iowa Rutgers. On the four TVs at seven o'clock, I doubt it even makes one. But you know, you look at the score at halftime and you're like three zero. Okay, I'm in. I'm in good shape here. If you like defensive play, I mean, it, yeah. it's going to have it. Those are or fun. Maybe sometimes. just bad offense. Yeah, yeah it's. It's going to be bad. The 10-point thing to 24, though, is is interesting. I, I will be thinking about that. Somebody has to, You have to score at least three to win the game. Yeah. <laughs> or two. Yeah. They do have a few safeties this year. But, you know, it goes – you get 7-7, seven, seven, it goes to overtime. I mean, you got a good shot. You never know that two-point shootout, though. That's uh, <laughs> that can be tough. Uh, okay, that's a uh, that's a hilarious pick right there. Uh, my next one, I'm going to go with Utah minus 15 at Arizona State. Arizona State is 6-0 as a home underdog of double digits since 2004, so I am going against that really cool trend. Arizona State lost at home to Eastern Michigan this past week. They never had a chance in the game, and they fired their coach, Herm Edwards, as he walked off the field. Never really seen anything like it. The athletic athletic director just had enough, fired in disgrace, not over anything other than what's on the football field. Actually, that's a lie. They have a ton of violations coming towards them, thanks to Mr. Herm Edwards. So I appreciate what you've done to my Arizona State Sun Devils that I've loved for almost a full year now, Herm. But uh, yeah, like Utah here, 17-8 and eight against the spread in Pac-12 play over the last four years. Utah looks great, absolute juggernaut. That San Diego State revenge game feel like um, they were hitting so hard even on the kickoffs it, it team's hungry emory jones wants absolutely no part of being a college quarterback anymore pac-12 network i uh, illegally streamed some of the arizona state games there was nothing on late and i just wanted to feel something and cheer for the devs and it was not a pleasant experience so i i'm gonna go with utah here 15 a little over two touchdowns i think it's 14 nothing with seven minutes left in the first quarter this one gets ugly yeah, I had that one marked too. Uh, I'm not going to give it out yet because every time we give out the same one, we lose. So I'm going to try to avoid Something that to think about. unless I can't find a fifth one. But for now, I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to go to a system play. I have to do it. They're 2-0 and on the year. Iowa State minus 2.5 against Baylor. I know you have um, 
you have a little grudge against Baylor right now against for the BYU worst team game. in the country. And then yeah, BYU, Baylor horrendous. BYU comes out the next week, gets slaughtered by Oregon. Good call by you. Too um, easy. Iowa State three and zero. I don't really think they're a great team. They beat Iowa 10-7 in the war of the year, and then two other wins against Ohio and Southeast Missouri State. But it's just one of those things. It's a home team favorite over a ranked team. They're 2-0 and this year. Um, first one was Texas Tech at Houston, covered in overtime. Who was it last week? Who? The system play last week. Oh. Oh, it was um, Washington, Washington blowout yep. winner, easiest bet of the week. Slaughter. So, yeah, I'm. I, I got to rad these. They're two and zero. They're hot. They're hot every year. So I will take the Cyclones versus the Bears. Probably another low scoring game. I like that. I looked at that one as well. Uh, just from the Iowa State uh, feel we had well. against Iowa, I just really didn't enjoy watching the Cyclones there. But yeah, Baylor can't throw the ball, and they won't throw the ball. So if they, if you're on Baylor and they win, it's because they just ran it every play and it worked. Because they're they're going to do nothing else. I promise. Ah, let's see. What are we going to next here? Uh, worth mentioning for the Cards fans out there, Louisville plays James Madison next. Um, they are plus seven at Appalachian State. Uh, obviously, had game day there last week. Crazy Hail Mary miracle to win the game. Uh, looked like a really fun place to be during that time slot when App State did somehow fend off the Troy Trojans. But, um, yeah, something to look out for there. Uh, I saw a ranking of, like, top 10 quarterbacks in college football right now. James Madison has one of them. So the oven, it it might get a little weird when uh, James Madison comes to town. Uh, They were FCS, I believe, a year ago. What do you think the James Madison line is going to be? 12 and a half. I think it'll be, like, maybe a touchdown. I guess it depends on what they do with App State, but James Madison's good. Yeah, it it does. And, I mean, when you look at App State hosting Carolina and being favored, it's like Louisville's probably not better than either of those teams. But if Louisville did play App State, you have to consider the Satterfield revenge factor that goes into it. So, yeah, so, and revenge that could work either way. propelling his career to a Power 5 school. Yeah, <laughs> which, uh, man, I think uh, all the residents of Louisville are thanking you all so much out there in Boone, North Carolina. It's been a really fun experience. Um, my next pick, I'm going to go with Michigan minus nine and a half first half against Maryland. Maryland is five and 20 against the spread on the road in conference matchups since 2016. Michigan looks really good. Uh, it maybe they, they're going to be one of those teams that, that is constantly in playoff contention, one or two losses per year. We saw that last year. They got throttled by Georgia in the playoff. Yes, but they did beat Ohio state. I don't think they can do that again, but they're absolutely rolling. I think they won 59, nothing against UConn, nothing to get really excited about, but this Maryland team, they're 3-0. and They haven't played anybody yet. I mean, you're looking at Buffalo, Charlotte, and SMU. I think Michigan gets going quick. Uh, 17's a little scary. You're up 23 late in the game. Maryland backdoors you, and then you don't want to watch football for a few hours. I'm going to do the 9.5 first half, get it out of the way early. That's what we're rolling with. All right. Uh, don't hate it. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to stick with what was the easiest winner for me last week, and that is the Ohio State over. Uh, they got it by themselves last week. It was like 63. I think they scored 70-something. They scored 77. That game was fun. Yeah, got that it. was cool. The Ohio it, State minus 32.5. Good experience. Almost around. went over before halftime. Um, playing Wisconsin this week, I know Wisconsin likes to slow it down. They did just hang 66 on New Mexico State, which is another bottom five team in Division One. But 
you know, I, I think it's just one of those things. If oh, as soon as Ohio State gets up 14-0, Wisconsin's not going to be able to play that pound, ground and pound, and you know, it'll probably be a bunch of a few interceptions coming their way as well. It's only 57. This is one of those games where Ohio State can probably get 40 if they want to, and then we just need 17 from the Badgers. So I'm going to stick with the the Ohio State over. I like it. Yeah, Ohio State coming out in the all black on Saturday, uh, even black helmets. They're going to look pretty sharp out there. I have Ohio State minus 13 in a teaser with Oregon just to beat Washington State minus one. Really had fun watching Oregon this past week. Oregon, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, all those O schools, watched them. Had a great time. Washington State did beat Wisconsin 17-14. That's not Oregon's style of play. I think the Oregon-Georgia game was an anomaly. I do think Oregon is going to have a good year, a 9-3 and style year. I think they win this game. And then Ohio State, minus 13. I'll ditch the wanting Wisconsin to score at all and just hoping that Ohio State can roll up and down the field as they tend to do. That game one against Notre Dame for Ohio State is also not looking like a true uh, show of showing of self for them where they only beat Notre Dame 21 to 14 this offense is fast they roll CJ Stroud obviously a a top 10 projected pick uh, I, I really like one and that's that's my five picks and I feel pretty damn good what was the about one that one right there Ohio State teased with okay. um I don't know Oregon. you tease it okay yeah what's the Oregon line uh seven down to one okay. against Washington State Gotcha. Yeah, I like uh, I like that one. All right, my last pick is very ugly. Um, considered giving out Wake plus seven here. You kind of scared me away from it. Considered giving. Uh, I was gonna give out Utah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take one of yours because it never ends well for us. We'll be betting it. I am going to go with a very ugly pick. I'm taking the Florida Gators plus eleven in Knoxville. I just I, I just think that 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 game last week was an anom- anomaly. When that game against South Florida was sandwiched in between Kentucky at home and going to Knoxville, um, I think Tennessee is good. They haven't really proved it yet. Their offense is good. They did beat Pittsburgh, but they had to go to overtime and probably should have lost that game at the end. Um, so I do think Tennessee's good. I do think Tennessee wins. I thought the line would be around um, like eight or nine. 11 just seems like a lot in these these SEC games. They usually, even when you expect them to be high scoring, they usually find a way to be low scoring, at least for the first half. I just need Florida to hang in there. Florida scores first, goes up 7-0, I'm going to be feeling great. Yeah, I tell you what, that Tennessee offense is good. Game day coming to Knoxville for the first time since 2016. I would expect that place to be rocking. But this line was a look-ahead line. You usually get that for the bigger games. And it was 6.5 before Florida played South Florida. It's all the way up to 11. That is a pretty big swing without a major injury on either side. So, um, yeah, I I can see why you take Florida. I am looking forward to watching this game, but I I have no idea what's going to happen there. Two quarterbacks that are apparently both going to play in the NFL. So, something to look out for. Uh, Will be a fun game. Yeah, I I just think this is a little overreaction from last week and the second half of the Kentucky game. But, I mean, this is Tennessee's first SEC game. They did beat Pittsburgh, but, you know, whole different ballgame. Let's move to the NFL. Before we do, I'm going to give out my giant 10-point teaser again, which I will continue to do now. Now that that is 1-0, it's never lost on this podcast. My first pick, very obvious. Everybody can see it from a mile away. Louisville, minus 4.5 at home. This team is hungry. They need a win, and they need a win bad. I, I I know it sounds stupid, but the second they played load up the Drake on third down, I thought, this program 
we are going to be fine. And we are. He really gave up 25 yards. It was like 12, and it was a first down. But Louisville minus four and a half, we figure it out, and we figure it out in person together. Oklahoma minus three against Kansas State at home. Oklahoma can they can play. Man, that offense, uh, major at running back, dude's unreal. Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. I don't think Kansas State is going to be what slows this team down. Kansas State did return that really awesome running back, though. So I would expect them to score some points. Wouldn't take Oklahoma straight up, but minus three, get me a win. That would be great. And now moving to the NFL, which is my last leg of this, I have one that may surprise you a little bit. And it is the New York Jets plus 15 hosting the Cincinnati Finally Bengals. swung. So that's where we're at. Uh, week three, I'm going to go with the Jets plus 15 here, mainly because I don't think that any of those teams in the NFL, the Bengals can beat by more than 15 points right now. 13 sacks through two weeks. It's been absolutely pathetic to watch. Joe Burrow looks like he is seeing ghosts out there. And we're just... we. Satterfield running the ball on second and 10, second and eight, getting no yards, tackle for loss, and now you're in third down hell all the time. And that Cowboys game kind of broke me. I, um, I said some mean things about the Bengals that I regret because I'm still riding, but uh, they're not winning by 15. Here's, here's what I'll say about the Bengals. First of all, I'm in, a, I'm in a Survivor League with 300 people. Payout is 3K. There's 40 left, and I'm one of them. And the Bengals, wow. are, who, the Bengals are who I'm taking in week three. Um, use the. They lost this game last year. I know, and it knocked me out last year. I had so I had last year. What is lost. wrong with you? Well, I'm looking around. I'm looking around. It's a tough Survivor Week, you know. I mean, you, the biggest spreads are the Chargers versus the Jaguars. Jaguars look scrappy. Herbert can't couldn't even walk last time we saw. Don't him. like that. Yeah. Exactly. Next biggest spread is the Chiefs versus Colts, which you think, hey, that's so easy. Chiefs didn't even really look good against the Chargers. At least their offense didn't. They didn't do much. Colts look horrible, but it's in Indy. They're desperate for a win. Jonathan Taylor also, could slow it down, go crazy against them. Most popular bet yeah. spread of the week so far. Ninety four percent of the money on the Chiefs. Like I don't, I don't love that. Vikings minus six against the Lions. I think the Lions are good and could win that game straight up. Yeah, like, Lions I'm, have Jared Goff. I'm looking around and I'm like, is Flacco going to do this back to back weeks, and are the Jets going to do this back to back years to me? And then also, just on the Bing, not survivor related on the Bengals, they have looked very bad the first two weeks. But they also face TJ Watt and Micah Parsons, who are arguably the two best pass rushers in the NFL right now. And as bad as they played in both those games, they still lost on game winning field goals in both of them. Like, you can't imagine that they continue to play this bad. And if they do, that they keep losing on game winning field goals. The Jets are coming off that miraculous win that they had no business winning in. They should be 0 and 2 with two 14 plus losses, 14 plus point losses. They still have Joe Flacco out there. Zach Wilson not coming back till Week Four. I mean, I, I just have to pick the Bengals. I think the Bengals are they have to win this week. They start 0 and 3 against the Jets, Cowboys with Cooper Rush, and Steelers with Mitch Trubisky. I don't know how you save your season. Um, yeah, I mean. As bad as the Bengals have played, they could easily be two and zero, oh, probably one and one. I mean, they make an extra point; they're one and one, no matter what. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, the Bengals have to win this week. I looking looking around, I don't trust any other team more than I don't trust Flacco to do that again. Yeah, um, you know, I think that that's uh, some really great logic from you there. The Bengals could easily be two and zero. Oh, um, yeah, I'm. I'm not going to get like into the, it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. The Cowboys defense is very good, and outside of those, 
first 25 scripted plays they had in the last drive where there was a tip ball and Noah Brown somehow caught it. Like, the Cowboys didn't do anything. But the Cowboys' defense is really good. The Steelers' defense is really good. The Jets' defense is not on that level. No, the Jets, they do have Quentin Williams there in the middle. Um, obviously a very, very good defensive lineman, but he does possess a different skill set than TJ Watt and Micah Parsons do, where they're like fast, can line up wherever, can just absolutely abuse people that claim to be bodyguards. Uh, the Bengals' I think biggest he's concern. Out this week. I don't know if that even matters. Quentin Williams? No, Lyle Collins. It's going to get worse. We we used to say that last year. I promise it get it gets worse. But yeah, it's uh, extremely disappointing that that was their biggest concern. They spent a lot of money on guys that um yeah they just don't care. You know they don't care. They don't work hard. Uh, it's it, it's pretty sad. And I'm I, teams that can't run the ball. I hate when they run the ball. You know who can't run the ball? The Bills. The Bills can't really run the ball. They haven't yeah, been able to for years. About forty. <laughs> Singletary, Moss, all these guys. James Cook. I mean, is it is that they might be the worst running back I've ever seen? James Cook, and the the Bills cannot run the ball. They still try, and that's what stalls their drives. And then when they ditch it and start throwing the ball downfield, start looking for digs, nobody can stop them. And that's what the Bengals have to do. But uh, you can't do anything if your quarterback is sacked or, in a better case scenario, is thinking he's going to be sacked and does bad things. The Bengals are putting my mind in football hell. So uh, good luck to your survivor pick. Uh, it's not impossible. I mean, I just don't, uh, I don't but, see a I don't see a safe pick on the board. This is yeah, there's beat. not. It's it's a good point. You, your logic behind it is is valid. So I mean, Eagles are now six and a half against the Commanders, but it's revenge game. It road game too. Everybody's you know, so high on the Eagles right now. Short week. Yeah, I I hear you. All right, let's let's get into let's get into these picks. Uh, my first one. Uh, what, what do you think I'm going to do? Go the whole podcast without doing this? Rams minus three, minus 130. Bind it down. Eight, one, and one against the spread against the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler, he didn't want to see this defensive line. He it, Miraculous comeback by the Cardinals last week against the Raiders. Super fun game to watch. Miracle victory. Uh, wow. I mean, it, it really was one of the best games that you'll see in the NFL season. The Rams feeling a little better about themselves, obviously left their foot off the gas. Stafford's still going to do some stupid stuff out there, but, uh, a cup dominates the Cardinals eight, one and one doesn't lie. And that playoff game last year was dominant. The Rams beat the Cardinals last year in Arizona with no Higby, no Leonard Floyd. Uh, we had a little COVID outbreak before the game. Glad we're not getting those reports anymore from anywhere in the NFL, but yeah, Rams minus three. I will be wearing Rams gear to wherever you tell me to go watch football this week. Yeah. I mean, outside of, the first six quarters for every team, I don't know if there's a team that looked worse than the Arizona Cardinals. So, you know, I don't hate that. I'm sure the Rams defense will give Kyler a lot of problems. They did figure something out in the second half. Obviously, the Raiders defense not nearly on the same level as the Rams defense. So I don't hate that. My favorite pick of the NFL week is the Baltimore Ravens minus three. Uh, gave them out week one. Easy cover. Gave them out week two. Up 21 points. I mean, what do you want me to do? That Tua comeback, Tua deserves all the credit in the world, but it was the most maddened thing I've ever seen in my life. Throw it to Waddle, next play, throw it to Tyreek Hill. Just two guys that are faster than 99% of the NFL, and that's why they went out and got Tyreek Hill. They have a receiving core that nobody else has in terms of speed, and I don't know if anybody's ever had that much speed, and that's all they did. They both had 40-plus fantasy points. But the Patriots wide receiver one is Jacoby Myers slash Devontae Parker. Um, the Patriots looked horrible week one. They... One last week on two plays. One was Nelson Aguilar mossing and scoring a touchdown. And then Gunnar Olszewski, whatever how you say his last name, fumbled inside his own 10. That was a ball game. They still barely beat the Steelers. 
Still think the Patriots are horrible. Still think the Ravens are really good. They just got hilled and waddled to death. Uh, I think the Ravens roll here. Yeah, Patriots don't have any skill players anywhere close to that and uh, probably have it since Randy Moss donned a Patriots jersey. So, yeah, I, I like that one. I like it enough to have it, too. So, okay. if the Ravens are ever going to lose, it's uh, it's because yeah. of that. It's because of something that me and you did in Louisville, Kentucky. It has nothing to do with these players, but that will be why if it happens. But, yeah, can't ignore that. A lot of the public's on the Ravens. I think that's natural. I was expecting this line to be a little lower, to be at one and a half or two. It is the Patriots' first home game. But, yeah, the offense doesn't look very good, and they – uh, they held the Dolphins to 20, but I feel like the Dolphins kind of unlocked something last week. It, it's hard to explain. I, I don't know if more of that's on the Ravens secondary or what, but the Dolphins have weapons. I think we throw that one out, but yeah, Ravens minus three. I love it. I'll go ahead and give out number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars plus seven against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, the, everybody don't really have a home field advantage. Yeah, but the Jags aren't going to travel all that well. There's not going to be very many people at this game. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags looked great last week, holding the Colts to zero points. The Colts look broken, but the Jaguars look pretty good. Christian Kirk look like, looks like he might be worth more than what they pay him. And you look at the Jags injury report, and it's basically empty. They have a stat now where it's like a, a banged-up list, and the Jaguars right now are the healthiest team in the NFL. The Jaguars currently list their starting center, Keenan Allen, J.C. Jackson, and Justin Herbert all as questionable. I think that it's very possible that Justin Herbert doesn't play in this game. I'm sure he wants to. They're coming off a long game. But if he doesn't, that's going to be Chase Daniel. And that line is going to be a pick em in which everybody in America is going to be on the Jags. I love the Jags here. I think Trevor Lawrence is just in the process of finding it, like both running backs. Uh, this game, I really, really believe it stays within a touchdown. Chargers could easily win. The Chargers have a ton of talent. But give me the Jags plus seven because of all the external factors there. Yeah, I don't think Herbert should play this week. I don't know if he will or not. I don't know how severe his injury is, but just based on that one play where he couldn't walk um, one yard and with the game on the line, I sh would assume they should probably sit their franchise quarterback down in a game versus the Jaguars. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if everybody's healthy, I think the Chargers are one of the best teams in the league. Not really sure what to think of the Jags yet. I don't know if that's a, more of a reflection on them or the Colts. They always beat the Colts, especially at home. But, yeah, I mean, I like that just based on all the injuries. I don't know what will actually happen come game time but yeah not mad can't be mad at it with all the the injury report my next game is a terrible game for most but a massive game for me i am taking the texans plus three i do have texans win total over four we should have had one week one we did not get it they played the broncos tough too did not get that one either that was a good thing for me though um i, I still think the bears are the worst team in the nfl um, they did win that week one game. No offense to Trey Lance. Thoughts and prayers. He's not an NFL quarterback right now. And there was a actual hurricane on the field. Not going to take anything from that. They attempted 11 passes against the Packers. I think that tells you everything you need to know about how the, um, the offensive court staff feels about maybe not just fields, but their offense as a whole. Um, their wide receivers as a group have seven targets through two games. And Cooper Cup had eight receptions in the second half last week just a little a little fun fact about the Bears offense right now I don't think the Texans offense is very good I think their defense is actually pretty solid played the Broncos and the Colts really well the first two weeks um give me Mills over Fields right now and you know I'm getting three so two bad teams I'll take the points 
This is definitely the worst game of the week. Big but game for me, though, to really need a Texans winner. In terms of a 1-1 one one Bears team and an 0-1-1 oh, one one Texans club, I, the Texans have looked infinitely better than yeah, the Chicago Bears sure. have. So I, I, I don't hate what you're doing there. Uh, my, my fourth pick... Um, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to give this out and I know it's going to lose. And it's I know that's a weird thing to I say. I do that all the time. Uh Bills Chiefs teaser uh the Chiefs oh, yeah. to beat the <laughs> it's so losing. Everybody in America's taking it. I'm giving it out though because I don't think the Bills are losing to the Dolphins and I don't think the Chiefs are losing to the Colts. So, you know, maybe this is one of those moments where the public just gets one and they don't really have a choice and they can't stop us. So, uh here we come public Chiefs Bills teaser. As dumb as it sounds, because the Dolphins have looked good, I think I'd be more worried about the Chiefs in that one. Yeah, because it makes even like it makes yeah. less sense. Like it could just be a game where Jonathan Taylor goes for like 150 and two touchdowns, and the Chiefs never have the ball, and Pittman's coming back, who's like their entire receiving offense, and yeah. And, and the know. Chiefs I mean, have four percent think... of the money on them. Yeah, like it just, the Bills are like eighty percent, but the like there are been... people that are going to bet the Dolphins. The Colts have been pronounced dead and. The Chiefs have kind of been crowned again, even though they haven't really looked. Well, they killed the Cardinals, but they I don't think they looked very good against the Chargers, at least on offense. I mean, 100-yard pick six doesn't happen. The Chargers win that game. Or one Easily. of the four interceptions that Mahomes throws stands or is caught, the Chargers win that game. So, yeah, I still think the Chiefs are really good. I still think they they should win the game, but yeah, I just feel like it could be one of those games where you look at the time of possession and it's like Colts had the ball for 35 minutes and Jonathan Taylor has 40 carries for 178 yards or whatever yeah, yeah you can see it yeah. now how us like oh what yeah. do you know we're gonna lose again yeah i mean it's come sunday i might be on the exact same thing but right now i'm gonna try to try to every time i try to think sharp it just backfires on me but at least i'm trying all right i am going i still have a little spite in my heart so i'm going to take i'm going to another horrible i've been all the horrible games i'm gonna take the falcons plus one against the seahawks um mm, hate that Trey Lance is out. Geno Smith now becomes the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't care. He should have wrote back. They left everything they had for the season out on the field against the Broncos and still should have lost by 14-plus. Get absolutely embarrassed by the Niners. Their only score was on a blocked field goal touchdown. Falcons, you know, this team sucks too, but they are scrappy. They fought back from the Rams down 28-3, almost reversed the curse six years later. It was damn close. Um, They lost by one to the Saints, had that game won, as the Falcons usually do and did not win. You know, this this Falcons roster is just better. Drake London looks like he's going to be a star. Kyle Pitts, though he has not done anything, I still believe is a good football player. I think Marcus Mariota is better than Geno Smith. So I'm going to be watching all these games i can find <laughs> and betting on the dog because both teams suck so bad i almost took the falcons in survivor league <laughs> uh, that that would have been an insane move uh yeah, yeah staying, one, I been cashing out. staying away from this one it just feels too easy and both those teams are so horrible but uh <laughs> more power to you uh my last one a uh, pretty torn i have uh let me make sure i have rams minus three bills chiefs teaser jags plus seven is that all I've given out so far? Ravens, too. Ravens, Ravens minus three. That's right. Yeah. yeah, so my last one, I am torn between several. Thinking about a little Jared Goff getting six in Minnesota. I'm thinking about fading your Texans logic and taking the Bears. Um, I don't think we've gone head-to-head yet in three weeks. What I'm going to do is take a team that may be worse offensively 
than all of these teams that we just talked about. Maybe all four that you just listed. And that is Sunday Night Football, the Denver Broncos. I would not do it. I do not think we're going to win this game. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm going to take the Broncos anyway, plus two. Uh, There's just so much buzz, right? The Niners are back. Jimmy G's back. And they're going to make it to the Super Bowl again. Oh, Kittle's back. He's been hanging out at WWE Raw. And now he's he's coming back. And this Niners team, wow, they're just – they're so good. what what are the Broncos going to do? I mean, they have like a top three running back in the entire NFL. It's Won't really funny. Ball, though. Russ left Seattle to be able to cook and throw more. And in reality, he should just turn around and hand it off to one of those two dudes. But uh, Broncos defense has looked relatively stout in the first two games. Uh, the scripted stuff from Geno, same thing as Cowboys Bengals. That's that kind of thing is going to happen. But the Broncos, just the incentive on trying to figure it out on offense, I do feel like is going to be extremely heightened this week. I think the Niners are going to be a super popular bet, especially with it being standalone in prime time. Give me the Broncos plus two. Makes no sense. Russell Wilson, I think he's washed. Can he win one more game? We're going to find out. Yeah, I mean, anybody watched the Texans game, which I think I was the only one who did. Uh, I think you were. Judy gets hurt on the second drive of the game. The entire offense was let Sutton run down the field, throw it up to him. Don't really take much from that, but I don't know if Judy's going to come back. He didn't practice today. Um, Sertain didn't practice today. Kittle's back. Jimmy G's back. We play this game without Kittle and Trey Lance. I think we win it easily. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous. It is a, a home primetime game for the Broncos. We're usually pretty good in these spots. Going to be rocking. It's the biggest factor to me is Nathaniel Hackett because there has not been a worse coach in the first two weeks than him. He can't make up his mind, gets seven delay of games. It was to the point where the fans were calling out the play clock. Never seen that in any level of football. And we he changed his mind so much we had a field goal that he couldn't decide if he wanted to go for it or not yet again. We had to take the points off the board because of delay of game and we had three timeouts. I mean I get it, it's he's first time head coach, but you know, he's he's been He's been bad, and I hope the whole emphasis all week is just make up your mind and stick to it immediately because I'd rather go out there and throw a pick than take a delay of game and have to punt, you know. So, yeah, this is this is a big game for the Broncos. This is kind of the are they are we actually going to be good or not game. Um, they have not looked good the first two weeks. Could easily be 0-2. Could easily be 2-0. and So, big game. First real test for us. I know we lost a game, but we should have won that game. That's not a good team we lost to. So first um, kind of litmus test on if we're going to be one of the good teams or not. Now I'm not feeling confident. Yeah. Glad you are. As you shouldn't. uh, I'm not feeling super confident about it either, but um, yeah, we'll see. Hackett's getting made fun of a lot. Uh, There's a lot of talk. Uh, It's mainly coming from me. How much better is Russell Wilson than Teddy Bridgewater? I guess this season's going to tell us. Russ was really uh, good against Seattle. He threw over 340 yards. It was like the second most of the week one. And yeah. last week he had nobody. He did start off bad, but then he had nobody to throw to. I think he had like 180 passing yards and Sutton had 125 of them. But we got I'm not worried about Russ prepared. is like the least of my worries right now. More worried about Nathaniel Hackett. Let's figure it out, man. And out if, Judy, if Judy isn't healthy, we're kind of screwed because we already lost Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler hasn't played a game this year. so Or he didn't play one game. Not he hasn't played a game. So, you know, injuries aside, we'll see. Let's go. Broncos country, let's ride, please, God, for my mental health. Uh, My next pick is going to be the fighting Jared Goffs, plus six against the Vikings. You know, I say this about the Lions last year. As long as Dan Campbell's the coach, they're going to fight until that final buzzer sounds. They put it on the commanders, kind of let them get back in it, but were able to hold them off. 
Eagles, they were down 20, came back, got in the number, only lost by three to what some people are saying is the best team in the NFC. Vikings just look terrible. I know that doesn't mean anything on a week-to-week basis. I do think the Vikings are a good team, but, you know, this Lions team is scrappy, and they're going to fight. Amron St. Brown is a star already. He's like wide receiver four in fantasy. Uh, a lot of points going to be scored in this game, shootout-type game. 53 is the total. So I would take the Lions. Might be a backdoor special, but I'll take the Lions plus six. I I, I love it. Uh, Jared Goff. He he looks good. I mean, you're talking about 35 points week one, 36 week good. two, and those receivers are just it's a it's a loaded receiving core. It just is obviously the Amon Ra St. Brown is just getting a ton of publicity now. He's gone over his receiving total eight straight games. It's set for 70 and a half on Sunday. But look at Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds was great for the Rams. He couldn't slide into the rotation. He's here now. You know I love me some Josh Reynolds. And uh, DJ Baby Chark. Like, this team made some impressive moves. And if they can just stay healthy, because I'm sure they're not all that deep. They have some good rookies on the defensive side of the ball with that linebacker, obviously Aiden Hutchinson. I, I love what the Lions are doing, and I, I think they can win that game, and I definitely see them being within six. Yeah, I mean, me too. It's probably my favorite my favorite dog of the week. The other two I've given out are the Texans. And the, I'm on uh, three dogs this week, so hopefully that'll, that'll change the vibes around a little bit. My last pick is going to be just something I have to do. Um, I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of all this. I'm taking the Bengals minus five. I know everything I said 10 minutes ago. Oh, Lord. It's just I have to. I'm already going into Sunday that I have to root my ass off for the Bengals. So I might as well just root for them to blow the Jets out. Um, Jets, obviously, miraculous comeback win last week. They got um, they got slaughtered by the Ravens week one. They should be 0-2 ATS. Flacco's last ride maybe ever if Zach Wilson is back in week four. Though Flacco did look elite as he does in stretches in the fourth quarter last week. You take out the other the other three quarters, I mean, they the game was over a few times. I I hope you're right. I hope Bengals you're right. Gotta, the Bengals have to get this one. I hope they the Bengals to. win by 31. I'd love to be That would be so sick to not sweat in my bet or Survivor League. Yeah, it's just no chance. The Bengals, Bengals next two after this are Dolphins-Ravens. Like, they have to win this game. Man, Dolphins coming in to pay core on and then Thursday at Saints. night yeah. with me at in the Saints house. That. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at uh, Saints isn't an easy win either. Lord, no. There's some intense stuff going on. Yeah, that, like I mean, it, this is this is the biggest must win you can have in a week three. Yeah, yeah, for the Bengals. I mean, it, they like cannot said, start 0-3 with those three tough games. I, think, I mean, they could be 0-6. They could be 1-5, 2-4. They have to win this next game. That would not be fun for me. Definitely would have to change some profile pictures. I've already switched my Bitmoji outfit like six times. It's It's been hard. Um, okay, well, let's... Let's have a week. Uh, other stuff going on. We got a cool MLB home run chase going on right now. Judge hit 60 last night, uh, 62 to break the Yankee record, the non-steroid record. That's been kind of fun. Pujols two away from 700. Uh, if you catch that ball, what are you doing with it? I'll tell you what I'm not doing. That's trading it for a signed baseball that means nothing. Yeah. Or in a yeah. picture. You know, I'm I'm starting out with give me season tickets for life and like, 100k and then we, then we could start negotiating because you know those nerds like darren Rovell estimated that that ball which isn't even the record breaker it's just the tire of babe ruth to go for 500 to 100k or not 500 to 100k 50 to 100k 
I mean, you sell a ball for a hundred, a baseball for a hundred k. That's like life changing money. Yeah. Did you see the dog pile to get it? You're gonna fight that hard for a picture with Aaron Judge? Probably got some Instagram Somebody likes. Died under there. Probably some comments too. Like, what? Yeah, are you I'm. Doing? If I'm him, I'm like, they're like, oh, we'll give you this. I'm, like, I'm good. You know, I'm gonna put it up for auction if you guys want it. Bid on it. Yeah, uh, there's a package they could give me where I would accept it, like season tickets on behind the plate for a life. You know, let's start off with that. That's probably valued around 100k for the next 20 yeah, years. Yeah, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah. especially I'm not. Yeah, and the it's gonna be crazy the next two that he hits because those are gonna be worth way more. Yeah, yeah, and they they're coming. That's 60 seconds. Yeah, they already had the the prices for the right field where he's, where he hits most of his homers because it's like the short porch or whatever. Tickets for like the back row of that were over a thousand. That is insane. Imagine paying that, and then not only does he not hit a home run to you, he doesn't hit a home run at all. <laughs> yeah, which is is likely to happen. He's he's been plus yeah. one seventy each night for like the last two weeks. Plus two twenty tonight, which it's that is surprising, especially at home because that that is the shortest odds. And they could see. they could juice that right now, and people would still bet it. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, that might have been and, like a super boost or something. Cause I saw I saw an account tweet that out, but I didn't actually yeah. see it on a book. Pujols too is is coming in. It's usually like plus four thirty each night, but like it's so funny. A few months ago, before he went on this tear, it was plus eight hundred, plus yeah. nine hundred each night, and now he really has turned back the clock. Thirteen home runs since the All Star break, and if, and he's two away. Uh, who else is sure. sitting on six ninety nine last game of the season? And you're like a pitcher that isn't really a factor. You throwing him a little meatball down the plate. Uh, no, because that's what I hate about this. Like, uh, maybe the last three of his home runs have been eighty-five mile an hour fastballs. Yeah. They keep freeze framing it. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah. So, uh, it, I guess it depends on what kind of team you well, are, like what when, kind of compensation um, you're getting. When Michael Strahan broke the sack record, Brett Favre just ran to his side and sat down. Yeah, Brett Favre, pretty good guy. He's uh, <laughs> he's done this a lot of good for the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Okay, well, that was talking baseball. Uh, President's Cup for golf, mini Ryder Cup going on this weekend. USA against international. Uh, international team lost every single person they were going to have to the Live Tour. The USA is minus 700 in that. It's absurd. I've never seen it like that for a golf team event. But that is going to be really, really fun to watch. A lot of the pairings, alternate shots. It is a good weekend to watch golf. That USA squad is absolutely loaded you would know everybody on the USA team and you would know two or three guys on the international team. But that is also going to be fun to watch. It's going on in sports. Um, soccer's all back now that um, everybody's gotten over the tragic death of the queen. Uh, we are going to be having the uh, Premier League return, which uh, I'm excited for, for a little morning sports fun. But that is about all we got. Now it's time for uh, the House of the Dragon epic episode five. Just wild stuff going on in the Game of Thrones universe. You got anything else before I get out of here? No, I don't think so, man. Let's uh, go better than one and nine this week. Let's do it. Yeah, it, one and nine is just NFL. Yeah, seven and three in college. Let's go better than uh, seven and three. If this is coming out Thursday morning, I really like the Steelers plus four and a half ridiculous line. Steelers plus four and a half. Good chance it comes out Thursday morning. All right, here we go. The Dragons. All right, Red Talk, we are back. The House of the Dragon, Episode 5, and that is not Lexi Browning. 
This is Mackenzie B. Welch, Kenzie Welch, first time appear on Red Talk. So stacking the numbers there, I think we've had over 100 different people on this podcast now. That's pretty special. Kenzie, great, great to have you here. How are you feeling? I feel great. I think House of Dragon um, has been an amazing prequel so far, although I will say Game of Thrones has given away, if you've paid attention, to a few like key things that's supposed to happen in House of Dragons. So if you're a real Game of Thrones fan, then you would have noticed that. But I'm glad to be here. Never imagined you'd see the day where you'd have me on here with you and you got that desperate. Yeah, it turns out we are exactly that desperate. Um, I'm sure there's going to be moments in the show where I'm like, what, what is Lexi doing? How is she not here? But we're going to get through this the best we can. This is episode five, The House of the Dragon. It has gotten to a point where you're looking forward to it each week. The first couple of weeks, uh, I don't know. Am I going to like this show? Is it going to kind of carry the weight? of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones took me a while to get into too. And now after episode five, I'm really, really excited about it. I think this was the best episode of the show so far in terms of twists and turns. You kind of felt that anxiety that you well, exist. It wouldn't have been a Game of Thrones wedding if it wouldn't have went sideways like that. If you remember the red wedding in Game of oh, Thrones yeah. was an absolute bloodbath. This was mild compared to that, but it it's literally just typical Game of Thrones. They wouldn't have a wedding that didn't go sideways. Yeah, a lot going on at this wedding, and that's the theme of the episode, the green wedding, as some are calling it. So next week, when we're watching episode six, we're going to do a 10-year time jump. We're going to see different actresses, actors playing these characters that we've fallen in love with, which I'm kind of bummed out about. I feel like the cast has done a great job. And I agree. I, I, I like the cast that they have right now. I'll be disappointed when they switch some of these people out. Right. It's a bummer they can't find a way to CGI and make these people older and just keep the same cast. But this was clearly their plan from the beginning. So far, I feel like their plan has been a success. So that's something to look out for next week. So we start episode five with Damon not saying a word for an entire scene and then apparently killing his wife. And as his wife is laying on the ground, she roasts him for his ability to have sex. So now we see that that's a consistent problem for our man, Damon, universally hated, I feel like, by most viewers because so of actually. I didn't think of it that way, like his inability to have sex. But if you go back to the very first episode and like his like he's literally like the first like piece of like sex that you see for this. And he literally has to stop. So like he tries to make it like it's all on his wife. But now I think it's on him. Yeah, right. And the same thing happened with Renera, which I think all of the audience was thankful for that we didn't have to watch that entire scene come to fruition. But yeah, yeah I mean, she, she she throws a jab at him there. Uh, wasn't pleasant for him, but he also apparently kills her, just adding to his resume of being a total dick. And then we see the king. He's getting sick. He's throwing up. He's doing bad health deteriorating, which we kind of felt like was going to happen. They've laid a ton of hints there. And that is kind of what makes the show going forward so much more exciting is the fact that his word isn't going to be the end all be all because by the end of the episode, he is likely dead. I think he might, might make it through the next episode, but he'll be like on his deathbed. Well, that but would then- be 10 more years. Oh, yeah, you said there's a big jump, didn't you? Yeah, confirmed oh, time gap. Okay, jump. yeah, he's he's out. He's gone. But with the time jump, though, like Game of Thrones was only supposed to be set over like seven years, but the House of Dragon is supposed to be over like 28 years. So to fit that in like TV, they obviously had to do these big time jumps. 
Right, which makes sense. It is confirmed for a second season, but we have no idea how many seasons of the show we are actually going to get. So then we kind of dive into the green, right? The the color green, which I have constantly said, I don't know much about much. I'm just doing the best I can. So I'm learning about this as it goes, but uh, it signifies the beacon when the houses are called to war. So Allison- The, ha- the house of Hightower, specifically. Hightower, okay. House of Hightower. House of Hightower called to war. So she walks into this wedding wearing that. Everyone kind of knew it was about to be on, that she's on the Hightower side versus the Targaryen side, even though she's married to the king. So I'm going to throw that out there. We're going to go back to the wedding. But she has a moment with her dad, uh, the former hand of the king, uh, fired and disgraced. And he does kind of tell her, hey, Rhaenyra, uh, no, people are, are going to be pissed that she's the queen and she's probably going to kill your kids. So then we start to see Alicent get kind of pissed off. And then we see Alicent find out that Renera may or may not have drank the plan B tea. So she feels like she's been lied to. And then she finds out that she for sure has been lied to when the night kind of comes to her and talks to her about the whole thing. She obviously has a greater understanding of, oh, maybe this wasn't Damon. Maybe it was this uh, handsome knight. But uh, that's where we're at. So the whole episode, we kind of see Allison thrown in there in different spots, just getting a little more and more pissed off. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that she is more now that she knows like the truth of what happened, that I think that that was more her standing up for like her father and her family and her house and basically saying like I caught you bitch like it's over <laughs> like <laughs> right which is fair I mean they used to be friends but her status has obviously gone through the roof I mean she is married to the king they were she friends is the until queen. her dad decided to marry her best friend yeah and uh, she does like she did birth the true heir. Aegon is the true heir. He's the firstborn son of the king. So the disgraced hand, he does have a point there. I think the entire audience is kind of cheering for Rhaenyra. She's been kind of painted to be our main character. And she's also like young. She's done some stupid stuff, but I, I do feel like she's extremely likable character. And the point of this episode... I feel like she's a very strong character. Like she's a very strong character to fall into that... Um, into that whatever you know what i mean yeah that title like her title she's a very strong personality and the knight's gonna ask her to run away with him and just live a life on the run and to ditch the titles and do all this stuff and she's like no thanks like that that throne is mine that's why i'm a person but our sex was cool he's basically prince harry yeah, uh, yeah, that's hey, good job. Good job. Way You're to welcome. look alive. I, this You're was welcome. a solid first seven minutes from you. Let's keep it rolling. Don't get content. Uh, so, Renera is going to marry this dude uh, from House Valerian, and that's kind of the point of this episode. Uh, the twist they throw at us is that this gentleman is gay, which is totally cool. We are the world. We are the children. And Renera has her knight, too. So they have a little convo. And they're like, what do you think about an open relationship? And I, I thought that was strange that they were going to be aware of that. I feel like that mm-hmm. would have been a little cooler if they both kind of didn't know. But they, they sure made it work. Yeah, them both knowing is what led to the wedding being such a disaster. Right. But, but... To start out, though, it couldn't have um, been a better, um, like, set-up marriage for either of them. It, it does make sense. And I feel like, you know, we the king, hey, you're going to get to pick who you marry and all this stuff. And then she may or may not have had sex with her uncle. And it's kind of like all that all that goes out the window. Actually, Maybe. you're going you're gonna to marry this dude because you are my political problem, as the king 
says in one of his more classic moments. But now we, we jump into this wedding, which is is the point of the episode. Everything else is kind of well, like. Okay, a, but first. It yeah, knock stuff out. It was not intended to be the wedding to start with. True. Yeah, It was the we were, royal dinner. And then they were supposed to have seven days of dinners and part. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that horse riding thing where they knock each other off. You know? That's what we call jousting in the industry. Yeah, which is a, um, a classic game that I've unfortunately not been able to partake in because I was not born that in, kind of jouster. Yeah, 1994 versus um, you know BC or whenever they started doing that. It was it was like 100 BC or a, no, it was AC. I think it was AC. Wouldn't trade those tournaments for my iPhone, but yeah. Um, <laughs> We jump into, like you said, it's it's uh, it's a dinner. It's not intended to be a wedding. We're we're gonna get there though, because this thing gets crazy. So, uh, Damon pulls up, which people didn't seem thrilled about. But the king's like, "Yo, grab him a chair. Bygones are bygones. He's a part he just of our hop- He just hopped out the rav, sitting down. <laughs> he gets in a chair and he's kind of sitting like me after I've been at work for seven hours. Like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really care. How bad do I need this job? I'm slouched down. Damon is is just unfaced, and then we. We see out. Yeah, Alicent walks in with the green on. Everybody gets the vibe immediately. I'm looking around like, what's going on? And then thankfully, those two dudes said the quote I said earlier about how that uh, signals war in the Hightower house. And everybody stands eventually. Her house stands up. But the only two people that don't are one of the Valerian guys and Damon. Damon's like, no, thanks. I'm not getting up for this. I'm really, really comfortable. This is going to hurt my back posture in the long run, but I am going to stay seated just like this. So the king had just kind of had his moment where he addresses the crowd. He has to stop, regroup. She sits down, and then he's going to do it again. Before she sits down, though, when she looks over at Rhaenyra and she says, congratulations, stepdaughter. Ah, that's like a knife. Yeah, I got to say, I didn't think of that as a knife, but... uh, (laughs) Can't see it that is. now after. Would you imagine your best friend looking at you and say, congratulations, you're about my stepdaughter? That is uh, belittling in, in some way. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. So that mother. is like. <laughs> yeah, sounds like something Lizzo would say. Um, oh, yeah. So, She's not so, great. So, yeah, the, the king's like, yay, new dragons. Let's dance. We're all having fun. Not so fast, my friend. So Joffrey, who which is a very popular name in this series and usually a very hateable character, he is And they the, tend to they tend to not live. Yeah, they, they tend to not live. They tend to be bad guys. This one wasn't that bad. He was just in love with the future king, I guess, if that's what we're gonna call the Valerian beast. And um <laughs> He he is the mistress of that guy. They are they are two gentlemen, and they are hooking up. And he's going to go up to the knight, so kind of like a little little side piece meeting. Say, hey, look, secrets are pretty cool. We should keep these secrets. Have you heard the song by the weekend? How about some secrets? So the, the knight obviously doesn't take too kindly to these words. He doesn't respond hardly at all. But now we know. I think all felt, four of them know. I think he felt threatened. Very fair. I think he felt threatened. Which, I mean, he should know that that's getting around. He probably didn't think it got to the king's mistress in, in that amount of time. But uh, he he told Allison about it. So, I mean, not where it came from, but also. People know. People are going to know what you do. Yeah. No, I think he felt threatened. And I think that that's why he just lost it. Which he did do. Um 
Before he does lose it, though, we do get uh, a moment where Damon is wandering around the dance floor and he's going to stop with uh, the Valerian chick for a while. Do you remember what happened there? I kind of don't. Her name, Princess. Um, tough names to remember. None of them are. Day. Does it start with the? I think it starts with a D. I'm gonna have to look it up. Huh. First thing that came up was Princess Diana. It's not Princess Diana, who may or oh. may not have been murdered by Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Do you think they faced off in the ring when she got there? Um, I like to think that the afterlife isn't like that. Lena, Lena Valeria. Yes, Lena, Lena. That's yeah. it. That's not a D. That's an L. Not a D. L- yeah. Yeah. I think they were just kind of being flirty. Like he was trying to be smooth and. Oh, yeah. She does ask know. him if he has a wife or don't you Although, have a wife. But I think she's like 12 and, you know, he's like 30. I don't know. Not stop Damon before. So he has a brief encounter with Elena, and then he's going to go meet Renera on the middle of the dance floor. It's got the eyes of everybody at this bad boy because rumors apparently circulate around this realm, even though there are no cell phones, there is no internet. And they're watching them, and uh, they're they're speaking in yeah, their native that was tongue. Ve- that was very ballsy. The way that he kind of grabbed her was... Yeah, they truly do not care. Uh, he was basically saying, we fooled every single one of you. I, I, I thought they were going to kiss. They may have kissed. We're not totally sure if they kissed or not. If they did, they wouldn't have shown it because it was like, that's like right when everything like broke out into like a muck. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's happening and you think the screams are coming from that, like they just kissed or something happened. And it actually happened because uh, the mistresses are going to have a mistress war. It's going to be Joffrey against the knight and uh, Joffrey gets his head absolutely bashed in Game of Thrones style. Are they going to show it? Or are they not going to show it? Of course, they're going to show it. This is a Game of Thrones show and uh man his head was just absolutely deteriorated it was like the epitome of game of thrones season one it was it was it's um it's shocking you can never really be prepared for something like that and it it was obviously a little different than the red wedding where we saw multiple main characters almost an entire house go down in a brief moment and really the only joffrey was the only significant death and we had kind of just met him but still the entire vibe was like where where do we go from here this just happened right in front of everyone and i think that it's going to cause major issues between Rhaenyra and um Leonor, that's what we're going with. Right? The one she's marrying. Yeah, Leonor Valeri. That's him. Yes. Yep. I think it's gonna cause major issues between the two of them because Joffrey had just told Leonor who the knight was, and then they just found the knight beating the shit out of his boyfriend. Yeah, so that is obviously gonna pose a ton of problems. Didn't really think about that because um, they they did they did talk for a while. You would think that people saw the night and him talking beforehand. Him, they, whatever, mm-hmm. intends to go by. Um, but Joffrey it, told Lanor literally right there. He said he like pointed him out of the crowd and he said that's the one. He said that's her man. Yeah, and he was like visibly devastated the entire time that this function is happening. So probably pretty easy to spot. The rest of the knights are probably just there doing their job, but uh, he does probably feel untreated since he uh, broke his vows and lost his chastity and all that stuff he was screaming about on the boat. He stained his white cloak. Stained his white cloak. It's, it's That's his very words. red now. 
Yeah, that is his words. That's uh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, as, as we already discussed, the actual wedding is supposed to be seven days after feasting and tournament. But uh, they're just going to do it right now after yeah. all this stuff's going on, which I they, did they think They threw was a total weird. shotgun wedding post-death. Yeah, which uh, doesn't seem like the most ideal for the time for that. Apparently in the books, um, this does happen with uh, Joffrey and the knight, but it actually happens in the jousting tournament. So they, they obviously made a change there, which is interesting. I feel like it did kind of heighten the level of anticipation, anxiety that you, that you get when you watch the show, when you think about what's coming up next week. I, I was glad that this happened because it was extremely intense. But uh, they they get married. They do their vows, and the vibes are low in that room. I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that Lenor isn't going to last very long. Are we saying his name right? Is it Lenor? Yeah, Lenor is what Lainor? we're going with. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's spelled L A E N O R. Lenor. Lenor. Like Eeyore. Yeah. Lainor. It's it's going to be really interesting um, to see where. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to last very long. I think yeah. his I think his um, appearance is short lived, but I could be wrong. But that's what I think. I mean, even if he's in this show for another episode, he made it another ten years. Which props You're to right. him in You're this right. world with right. with no medicine and constant betrayal. Right. That is uh, right. pretty impressive. These in these, these time these time jumps just changes the whole like cliffhanger. Because when you think about what happened, and you're like, and you know the next episode is 10 years from now, you're like, well, you know? Right. And the wedding itself really wasn't the cliffhanger. It's the knight about to kill himself, and then Allison seeing him and stopping him briefly. I mean, we don't, we don't know. I, I assume he didn't go through with it, given how they presented that to us in the episode. But mm -hmm. that's that's where it stops. Yeah, and too, I think part of the cliffhanger is the whole her wearing the green and basically waging war on her husband's house. Because I think that now that she knows about Rhaenyra, she's going to go absolutely nuts trying to find a way to get Aegon um, on the throne rather than Rhaenyra. And rightfully so. Um, she's got her dad in her ear and she knows that that's how it's supposed to go. That's the true heir. Even if it's not fair to Rhaenyra, that's that's how it's supposed to go. So uh, he is kind of Queen her ticket Elizabeth there. changed it for baby Charlotte. A lot of Queen Elizabeth talk today. You know, I, I she, think she, you know, I, I called into work the other day and I was for that. No, oh, okay. it just happened to be on. But I literally watched I was doing a school assignment and I watched Queen Elizabeth's entire funeral while i did my schoolwork i'm not proud <laughs> yeah that's uh it's it's not something i would have thrown on tv but um r.i.p regardless but that's uh i did that's, though literally watched it from about 9 a.m to about noon it's uh an absurd activity um yeah, not much, not much else to add. Uh, that's how the episode ends, though. Is he going to kill himself? We don't know. She stops him at least briefly, catches him. He did seem to really want to kill himself. It's probably good that uh, someone did find him doing that. I think and she's going to come up with some sort of proposition for him, like almost like a, give him an ultimatum of like, if you do X, Y, and Z for me, then I'll make sure you X, Y, and Z. Like, you know? Yeah, which uh, I feel like that's fair. definitely coming. Life's about her. negotiating. 
Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, that's, that's probably what we're looking to, but also the 10 year time jump, it does kind of change everything. It's so hard to make predictions about where things are going to be. I, I would, I would guess that when we jump 10 years, Renera is going to be on the throne, at least for now. And these kids that are non-factors right now, like Aegon, and it, it, she just had another kid too, are, are going to be at least grown enough to like talk, be a factor. They may be 15 years old, 16 years old, but I, I, I would assume that they're going to be characters on the show. Oh, and I bet Aegon will be a little brat. Oh, guaranteed. I feel like he'll be like a, uh, like the OG Joffrey, like 2.0. Yeah, but like with uh, the dragon blood too, which you would yeah. assume would make him infinitely more dangerous. Yeah. But uh, King's probably dead. I, I do think Renair is going to be on the throne. They they show that shot when they're all sitting at that at the long table, uh, and Alicent walks in and all that. And Renera is strategically positioned right in front of the throne. The throne is behind her, where you see it on that shot. So I, I do feel like that gives us a hint. Like she's going to be there at least for the time being. Rhaenyra on the throne? Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, so I think because if he's literally getting ready to die, which we agree, we think he is, Aegon is too young, I think, right? To, yeah, like, go definitely. ahead and, like, step into that. He's five or six. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming this 10 years from now, though, when he'll be, like, a teenager, he's going to start popping off. Yep, rightfully so. It is his birthright to have that throne, and I'm sure his mom is only going to feed him those thoughts, let alone his grandfather, who is even more so. Yeah, in she got her, that. she got, Rainier got her dad banished. Yeah, I mean, you know, snitches get stitches, tossed, no longer the hand. But that's, um, that's pretty much where we're at. I, I think it's really impossible to make many predictions outside of that. King dead, Renair on the throne for now. Would not imagine that the season ends that way. I do feel like we're um, in a ton of twists are in store. Oh, uh, no. There, I feel like there's literally, like, I mean, if you compare it to Game of Thrones, all of the little minute, small details that just, like, continue to unfold, it's never ending. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of those are, are favoring the the high tower house right now. Like I feel like Targaryen is is kind of falling apart in that sense. Like obviously Aegon is coming up, but he has the high tower connection as well because of his mom. And sure. Rhaenyra is uh, uh, clearly a, a little bit unstable on the wild side. Could possibly be a better leader than her dad. Like not as respected, but at least without like the constant health and drinking problems that her dad currently possesses. Yeah, she like doesn't have leprosy, so. Yeah, that has to help, you know, and no offense to the yeah. people out there that do have leprosy. Uh, you just may not be fit to rule an entire kingdom at that time. But that is uh, that is about all I have on episode five. you have any other tidbits you want to throw out there? Um, let's see. I will say, like, how you compared, like, you know, Game of Thrones was kind of, like, harder to get into at first. Like, it took a little longer. I would agree. But House of Dragon, I don't feel like it's taken as long. The first episode, I was kind of like, eh. It's the first episode, but like I feel like all first episodes of any new series is like that. Oh, yeah. But I feel like it's moved a lot quicker. I do too. Episode three, by the time that was over, I was completely in on the show. And that also has a lot to do with the groundwork that Game of Thrones laid. We know it's a Game of Thrones product. Everybody's going to be into it. it. It Prequels and sequels are, I, I feel like, 
typically unsuccessful or at least slightly disappointing, even if you enjoy watching them. And a Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, I, me and Lexi have compared those uh, constantly, and both are shows with 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the House of, Drag- of the Dragon is very, very on track to reach that level of score, at least be tied with Game of Thrones, maybe a little behind. Yeah, I agree, especially because some of those crazy people that are like, die hard like eat sleep breathe game of thrones yeah they won't let it die no no they never will and it's it's great to have a show back that is on once a week i think everybody oh, likes it's the great i look forward to sunday nights every night yeah. when i get to light on my fall candles and turn on my cute lights yeah uh me too same thing exactly <laughs> what i was about to say but yeah, the binge watching stuff, it, it is really cool. There's a time and a place for it. But yeah, the, the way the show is, I think it's nice to have one or two shows in your life like this where you can look forward to it every single week. And it gives like people a chance to talk about it like you and I are doing now versus have, have you finished the show yet? I have three of those shows right now. Wow. Three. Lay them out I there. I know. So House of Dragon is one. New season of Handmaid's Tale just came out. So I've been Ooh. watching that on Wednesdays. Very popular. Have you watched that one? No. I don't know how you feel about it. It's what everybody you says. Like, you like, you're very dramatic, so I, so I feel like you would like it, honestly. What's that about? Pretty dramatic. Ricochet shot at me out of nowhere? Not not like a bad dramatic. Like I think you like that kind of, like you like those shows like that are dramatic. Okay. You know? Yeah, it's a little different. I mean, oh, you like dramatic you, shows versus you, liked, you are dramatic. Okay. You liked um, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, 13 Reasons Why, those last two seasons, I kind of liked them, and they got an 11 and a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Apparently, those are the two worst seasons of TV of all time. What? Yeah, really bad. Yeah, Uh, and that show is very dramatic. Yeah, it's a great show. So you did like that one? I didn't have to do it like that. Okay, what's the last show? Okay, but Handmaid's Tale. And then there's another new HBO show. It's called Tell Me Lies, and it comes out every Wednesday, too. And. That one's really good. But that one's a new one, and there's only, like, five episodes. Handmaid's Tale, you could, like, go ahead and knock out the first, like, four, like, real quick. And now they're on the fifth episode. Or the fifth season. Okay, yeah, I'll just knock out four seasons really quick. I'm on the Blackbird Lexi Browning train right now. Uh, it's, it's really, really good. Great suggestion by her. Two episodes in. Uh, also deep on my, that 70 show watch to get prepared for that 90 show. But, um, yeah, TV stuff, it's, it's been That's, good. There's Wait, wait, wait. That 70s show. Okay. What's that 90s show? All right. You got to listen to every week of Red Talk. We did this last week. Really quick. That 90s show. Red Foreman, Kitty Foreman, our grandparents, Eric and Donna's daughter is coming to stay with them for the summer. All the regular cast is in it. And then we get a new cast of kids. It comes to Netflix late 2022 or early 2023. That 70s show has not been streamable for the last three years. It is now available on Peacock. Peacock, $4.99 a month with ads, $9.99 without Kind of a free ad for Peacock there. Premier League Soccer, free on Peacock. Are you serious? Also has The Office and Parks and Rec. Solid streaming service, Peacock. How much did they pay you for that? Uh, Nothing. I wish they would have. I'd love to have them as a sponsor of the show. Big, massive Peacock fan. I pay $5 for Peacock. Well, there you go. Yeah. that's. It it sounds like we're on the right track, but yeah. That that is like life-changing. Oh, my God. That 70s show, I've probably watched every episode like four times. Yeah, it's one of the best shows of all time. And also, That's last not thing, indisputable. TV and uh, movie-wise, Avatar, after a decade-long break, is back in theaters. This comes out Thursday morning, Friday. 
Wow, how exciting. Avatar is back. Avatar 2. A lot of it's going to be underwater. I don't even remember what happened in Avatar 1, but I'm going to be rewatching it, getting ready. Okay, I thought they already had an Avatar 2. No, Avatar 1 came out years ago, and Avatar 2's been in the works ever since, and it's finally time, September 23rd. I really thought there was a second one already. There is going to be on Friday. That place is going to be sold out. I'll be in there sometime after that when it's not as sold out. Don't like my movie theater sold out. Love the popcorn. I haven't been to the, I've not been to the movies since before COVID. I saw the Batman and uh, Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear's movie in theaters. I used to take whole chili salads into the movies. Okay. Yeah. That about wraps us up for this week's episode. Uh, Austin Bickett, Kenzie Welch, Will Reddington, um, that's uh, it's about as good as we're going to do, I'd say. Kenzie, any final words before I get out of here? It has been a true honor to make my Red Talk podcast debut on September 21st of 2022. And it rhymed. How, how cool. Uh, my heart is full. Kenzie, good job. I'll talk to you soon. Audience, TTYL.